This is the EWN Radio Network. Welcome to On the Record with your host, Astrum Lux Lucis. All right, welcome to another episode of On the Record. I'm your host, Astrum Lux Lucis, and today we have Adrian Ashley in the house. Adrian, welcome. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, awesome. We're glad to have you. So let's dive right in and tell us, um, you know, what happened in the beginning? Did you just wake up one day and said, I wanted to get into the entertainment industry? Or kind of what was your <laughs> your intro into the whole crazy world that this is? Well, I, I was a child actress, mostly okay. because I had hyperactivity and a photographic memory. So it was better for them to have me on the stage doing something than disruptive backstage. Mm. I found that out later. That was very funny. One of my acting coaches told me that. And I was like, makes sense to me. But nice. uh, so I did acting, you know, pretty much my whole life. And uh, I, I started getting into, you know, more serious Hollywood stuff. I did probably 300 commercials. And wow. I ended up doing a bunch of stuff in L.A. I was in some indies and I was starting to get that name recognition because I, I was great on set. 16 years of cheerleading, I can smile through just about everything for 20 <laughs> hours a day. And I'm perky and happy and make everybody, you know, have a good time, and I'm really professional. And, and then I fell off a truck working on the movie I Know What You Did last summer. I was oh, Sarah wow. Michelle Geller's stunt woman and stand-in, and um, I busted my ankle. I was, I was in a cast for 18 months, and I couldn't walk unassisted for six years. Wow. And I, I gained 54 pounds in one month because oh I was an gosh. athlete. So I, I ate 4,000 calories a day, right? Oh, like, yeah. No big deal, right? Well, wow. unless you stop moving yeah. <laughs> and you're in bed the whole time. <laughs> but I just, it, it was habit, you know, so, and I never dropped the weight. I was a size zero when I got hurt and I'm now a 16. Um, wow. I've gotten down to a, I was, nor, I was down to a six and stayed a six, and then I recently fell about a year and a half ago in a nightclub of all places, sober oh, and wearing tennis shoes. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, uh, so I moved into producing, and I discovered that that was really where my passion was. You know, I'm a great actress, but that whole hurry up and wait and have to worry about, you know, how pretty you look and don't get a zit, and God forbid you cut your hair, and I didn't give you permission to change the color, and oh, my God. I yeah. really enjoy producing. I enjoy the creative process, um, the I-dotting, the T-crossing, the, you know, taking a million separate pieces and putting them together and creating something genius. I love it. So, like, sometimes, like, child actors will, like, you know, they're like, no, nah, I don't want to do this. So you just had that passion and you kept on going with it and just kind of went to the behind-the-scenes part then after yes, your accident. I did. Okay. That was that was really what it was because I still had the contacts and they still liked me. Um, but mm -hmm. then the other thing that I did was I immediately jumped in and in a cast produced my first feature film. So wow. we sh we shot it in Hunters Point in San Francisco. So here I'm this little tiny, teeny tiny little bit of nothing. I'm wearing overalls, cast, walking around with a clipboard, and I look 12 because with no makeup on at 28, I I could pass for 14. Wow. Like. I was, I'm tiny, and 
And so I'm wandering around what turns out to be the largest heroin-dealing corner in the West Coast, and I don't oh know God. where I am. Oh and this God. guy comes up, walking up, and, you know, if you were looking, if you were, you know, a fly on the wall, you would have been like, okay, so she's about to get killed because that's a gangbanger, <laughs> and he's just going to kill her or kidnap her or sell her or whatever. But my experience in life is that everybody likes me, and if they don't, I don't notice. And so I just mm. expect that he would help me because I was lost and I needed to find these locations and I didn't know anybody. And, and so, you know, he walks up and I just gave him a little look and, you know, everybody would predict she's about to get shot. And he's like, can I help you? <laughs> I said, thank you. I, I need to find these things. And he's like, oh, well, my cousin has a garage. Let me go introduce you. Well, he effectively got me off the corner because I was bad for business. Yeah. And mm-hmm. got me what I wanted. So it was a win-win. But the, the police at the time were like, you can't be here. I was like, what do you mean I can't be here? We went around to the entire neighborhood elders. There were like six guys who run the neighborhood. Like they are in charge of everything. And we went and we asked them permission to shoot the movie. Wow. We told them what the vision was. And our lead actor is from there. He lives there. We were shooting in his house. And they all said yes. And, and so basically word went around. We were untouchable. Wow. Like we, That's awesome. It was so th- there's always stories about making films that are, it, it goes beyond just the film. And um, the experience has just been amazing for me. So I, I love talking about entertainment. I love the industry. I love the shift. You know, I used to shoot on film and now we're shooting digital and we're going 4K and uh, we're streaming. And there's, there's just such ability to create and not have to worry about the gatekeepers now. You can make your own break. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. it's such a different time in our, in our lives. Yeah. Uh, you touched on a little bit of um, about vision and creating vision. So being that you kind of like the production side of dotting the I's, crossing the T's, do you actually sit down and write out a vision and then kind of backstep and set up goals and benchmarks and achievement milestones and all that kind of stuff? Mm, no, not really. Just kind of <laughs> go and wing it. <laughs> I, well, it's not, it's not really wing it. It's um, at this point, it's really a lot of unconscious competence. Mm. You know, so like a show we just did, uh, they came and we all met in Vegas because I was going to be at Vegas speaking at the National Association of Broadcasters. I keynoted twice this year, and then I did two panels and then one all day. I spoke at an all day symposium on social media, uh, and so they met me there, and we spent a good probably twelve hours designing the show. To such an extent that they then, like, shot for two weeks, got five episodes done, and the show is spectacular and exactly on design. And it's all these little facets that if if you understand the industry and where it's going and and where the money actually is, you can design specifically to tap into those markets. Um, And it's it's just awesome. And I love it. But I I know how to do it. So it seems easy. So I don't necessarily have to write out these big plans anymore. Mm-hmm. I did when I was 20. My first feature mm-hmm. film, my business plan was like 245 pages, and uh, and my business plan for my 350 pages. Wow. What was now your I first? My heart. <laughs> yeah. What was the first film? The first feature I did was Metal. Okay, and that's the one where you were in the the heroin the district cat. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark, depressing art film about a black man who can't get a job shot in 16 millimeter black and white and it begins with eight minutes of a blind woman playing cello badly oh wow it's art it's, it's, art. it's not a movie. art film yeah it's it's art yeah 
Nice. It's a film. It won. It's won awards. It two whole years. It was in the festival circuit, winning awards everywhere it went. Here's an audio clip from Adrian Ashley's first major feature film, Metal. You know, I feel like I'm invisible. I feel like I'm here, but he doesn't see me. I think it's because he doesn't have a job. He's not providing for his family. He doesn't feel like a man anymore. He's more concerned about that ratty old truck than he is about his family. I've been busting my butt trying to provide for the boy. Miranda, I didn't ask to get laid off. I, I didn't ask to be on unemployment. God knows I didn't pray. But there ain't been no signs, no answers. I got down on my knees and prayed till there was blood on the floor. But I ain't seen nothing change. Mama said he raped her. Mama told me a long time ago, she said, Boy, God don't like sin. He don't like nothing that results from it. Guess God don't like me. White people don't care what we're doing. They don't care whether we live. They don't care whether we die. And if it takes some beatdowns to get what I need to survive, then so be it. It's like a monster. Always beating on me and my mama. Promised myself that I would never end up acting like my dad. Come here, boy. did you find arising when you first got going or or was it kind of easy for you because of the child acting you kind of already had those connections and you didn't really have to break down doors where if somebody just going in cold did like kind of explain no, how it's, it's about relationship building so mm. so my acting career didn't help me as a matter of fact it hurt me because mm. everybody's like, oh, you just want to be an actor, right? Like, I mean, actors are not given as much respect as they're due, I believe, in the industry, mm. especially because, you know, every waiter wants to be an actor. And mm -hmm. so when I lived in Los Angeles, I purposely didn't tell anyone I was an actor. I was purposely not in the industry. And I just made friends, and I've, I still have some of those friends to this day. And I, and I really went about meeting people and getting to know them as people. And it, it got to the point it you know, one, one festival where I realized I'm in a room with the power brokers and I'm the only girl, we're smoking cigars, I'm the only girl <laughs> in the room. And I asked my friend, I'm like, so 
why am I the only girl? Oh, well, you're different. It's like, I'm not exactly a girl. I think that's why I never dated in the industry, because they don't look at me like a girl, even though I'm a girl mm. and I'm feminine. And, you know, I, but I, they just don't look at me like that. Yeah, you're like one of the guys kind of thing. I'm one of the guys. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm seen as, you know, a competent doer. And so that's a big difference. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's very strange. But relationships are the number one thing, right? So you've mm-hmm. you got to put together this core team. And um, I used to have a film family is what I call them back in my, in my 20s. And it was just a group of people that we would always work together over and over and over again. And, and they're your tribe and they understand you. And it gets to the point where when you're working with them, you can work in shorthand because you don't have to spell it all out because you already know what each other wants. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's awesome. Who made up your film family? Like, what positions kind of did they hold? Uh, directors, producers, directors, photography, sound, uh, a couple of actors. You know, people that you just you're going to work with over and over and over again. Especially the skilled crew positions. You know, those are really important. We, well, you kind of, I guess, started. You didn't really have to. I don't think sort of like bust down doors. So, can you define oh. maybe <laughs> what? what it, I did, I, but I didn't bust them down. Here's yeah. the thing. you got to sashay through them. So uh, one thing that I did, and with social, it's so much easier nowadays. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. it's so easy to make friends with people online. It's crazy. Um, and But I used to go to all the film festivals, so I would meet people there. And then because I had a film in competition, I was automatically given a little bit more respect. Um, so I'd make friends, and then I'd follow up and stay friendly and nice. And uh, and then I, I'd go to the American film market, and I would meet people. I would go to parties. I remember one time when I met Dana Barron at the American film market, and she was, you know, fresh off of 90210 and National Lampoon, and she was a pretty big deal. And we were at AFM, and somebody had her cornered. Like, and the look on her face, the body language was like, she did not know how to get out of that position. And this person was like aggressively pitching her um so i just i ran up and i'm like oh my god there you are we're late come here and i i'm like sorry bye and i extricated her and we've been friends ever since and it was just because i rescued her because she looked like she needed rescuing (laughs) that's awesome so you know never underestimate the power of the ladies room i've met some great friends in the ladies room um so always be prepared you know Carry carry extra tampons, gum, spray, <laughs> little like have have the purse, have the Mary Poppins purse, right? Um, and peppermint uh-huh. balls. Okay, so this is like my favorite getting to know people thing. I, I DoTerra sells these little things called peppermint beads, and they're little balls of peppermint oil, and you put them under your tongue, and they explode, and like they make you perky, and they're like they're cool to breathe in. It's just very they're very. It's a strange opening, but I cannot tell you how many people in the industry I'm now friends with because I had those little peppermint balls and they had an upset stomach or whatever, and I, and I gave it to them, and like now we're BFF. It's That's crazy. awesome. It's, so, it's like the Mentos commercial on steroids. <laughs> right. So just, you know, it's all about being friendly, being nice. Um, I honestly can't tell you who people are most of the time. I have no idea. Um, yeah. When I used to date a guy who devoured Daily Variety and Hollywood Reporter. So we would go to these events and, you know, I kept trying, I tried wearing the contacts so I could see far away and like recognize people, but it just didn't help. And so people would come up and talk to us and he would literally prep me, 
like a protocol officer. He'd give me the short <laughs> version of who this was, who was coming up, so that I would know who they were because I have no clue because I just they're just my friends. Like I don't, I don't really think about who they are. Yeah. You know, I, I either like them or I don't like them. I'm not going to like somebody because they're influential if I don't like them. That's, yeah. That's a key big difference right there. Yeah, and, and it seems like. It seems like you're very real. So by being real and, and you're personable as it is, so you're just kind of like a natural people magnet anyhow, you know. And I'm totally inappropriate. Um, so the people who are not my people run screaming in the other direction, which is great because they self-sort. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I don't have to worry about them because they're not going to be an issue because they're going to run. Great. Yeah. Less people to weed through. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. My theme for the year is Say Yes to Success. And guess what? Our annual International Conference and Business Expo that's coming up August 6th through the 9th, we're going to have not only a wonderful lineup of speakers and thought leaders like CNN's Soledad O'Brien or Matthew Knowles, the famous father of the famous Beyonce, and Gene Smart from Designing Women, but this year you are going to be part of the experience. This is one of, if not the only conference that will balance your experience between learning from the wisdom of great speakers to hands-on living it through laser coaching, journaling, and interacting and sharing with other conference attendees. Oh yeah, and we have the best party in town on Saturday night, dancing till you drop to one of the best bands in Dallas. Visit eWomenNetwork.com for details and how you can be part of this life-changing experience as you embrace your yes to success. Beautiful job, eWomen! And we're back on the record. What do you do when you, you know, encounter challenges and obstacles? You know, it's interesting. I... I have a challenge right now. It's making me crazy. I'm not a kind of, I don't get mad, right? Like, I really don't, I don't like fighting. I don't like arguing. I don't like, I don't like any of that. And, and I get so mad my hands shake. Like, that's when I have to just take myself out of the situation, hand it off and delegate it and say, just handle it. Because I'm clearly going to have to kill that person. <laughs> that's bad for business. So let's just yeah. not go there. Right? Yeah. Like, I, I am, um, my self-defense mechanism is scorched earth, right? So I don't fight. I don't like long, drawn-out things. I will just end it quickly by doing the whole <laughs> scorched earth, scrape it clean, start over. Like, I, and it's terrible because that's like a horrible thing, right? Like I'm the worst person in the world to ever have mad at you because it won't last <laughs> long. And, and then I'll be over it, and you'll be gone, and it's just done. But I'm super loyal, right? So when I get mad, I have to hand it off. I can't. I just can't. So have a, have somebody that you work with be able to handle all that. Nice. And like contracts. You're... Oh, my God. Get everything in writing ahead of time. No verbal contracts, even with friends. Mm-hmm. Like, right? Like, write it up, even if it's just a, a one-page memo, even if it's, a you know, a, an email at the very least confirming, you know, everything, then, yes, all that, because it just, it'll blow up later and you need to be able to do a full audit. Yeah. And yeah. if you don't have your contracts, you can't sell into distribution because they don't know who's owed what. 
Oh my mm. God. Ah. Mm. We're yeah. doing global distribution right now and I'm in the I dotting T crossing full blown audit phase to hand over everything for distribution and it's like ah <laughs> Yeah. And I, I I'm never ever going to subcontract the I dotting T crossing O C D producer role again. <laughs> Because that's me, and I try. I don't yeah. want to be that person, but yeah. you know, I, I clearly know what I need in order to sell it. So I better just do it. Yeah, yeah. What do you do yeah. to go about selling it? So we launched Crowded Reality, which is the world's first crowdfunding platform for reality TV and talk shows, mm -hmm. and we have twenty seven hundred brands that actively sponsor entertainment. We have 982 affiliate and independent television stations willing to show our, our content on barter, which means we won't have to pay for it, and we keep half the commercial time uh, so mm. we could do self-syndication. And we have 212 vice presidents of original programming for the different networks and the cable channels. So we, we have pretty good access. It's all about coming up with great shows. So we put them up on the platform. We drive fan backing and show that there's actually an interest and then we can pull the demographic data from those fans and then show that to the advertisers sponsors and get them in ahead of time they mm. get in at a, dis at a discount versus after a network's already bought it uh, so they end up saving money and then we go to the network with a stronger position so it's a win-win ah, I like it so I like so it. that's how we go about selling it's totally different it turned everything on its head because uh, I just really got tired of banging my head against the studio wall. This mm -hmm. bloody forehead was not a way to walk around life. <laughs> this is terrible. And I kept saying yeah, I, I don't understand. Imagine. And I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean you don't understand? Do you not have Facebook? Like, they don't get social. And, and, then, and then this guy, this very, very pompous guy was like, well, you know, what's the, I think we get social. So, uh, you know, what's the number one show on Twitter last week? Uh, yeah, The Voice, that's our show. And what was number two? Oh, yeah, Shark Tank. Yeah, that's our show, too. I think we get social. And I'm not even exaggerating at the affectation in his voice. I was like, <laughs> really? Because right now, 4.8 million people are actively talking about me, and I'm not even on TV right now. Dude. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So it's a completely different thing than while the show is on. Like, they don't get it. It's ongoing conversations. It's two-way communication. It's double opt-in emails. You really want to be able to market to these people via email, via push notifications, through apps, through web, so pre-roll commercials, banners, like tag them, live events, everything. It's a whole universe of ways to talk to people and engage with them, and they want it. They want input. They want to feel like it's their show, like they have possession of the show. It's a whole new universe, a social TV universe. And so you have all of these different ways that you need to connect and engage with your audience, and you need to give them a feeling of ownership of the show. And that's a piece that the networks have trouble with, or their legal team has trouble with. That's mm. the issue. Yeah. It's the lawyers. We just always yeah. got to blame it on the lawyers. Yeah, so because fun. of the monetization. <laughs> you know? Once it's you get the monetization the in there, it's all like, all right, right. who's getting the money? We want to make sure we're getting the money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness, yes. It's, it's crazy. Cray, cray. Totally. Yeah. Cray, cray. Yeah. Right? And, like, so, there's a pipeline for independent film, but not really for independent television. So we just created one. Um, and that's, that's literally getting all of those VPs of original programming perking up going, wait a minute, what? I'm like, yes, we are an alternative development platform. So rather than you spending a million dollars on a pilot, you're actually going to maybe 
you know, option something early here for a lot less, and we use that fan backing to prove that there's actually an audience, bring in the sponsors ahead of time, and there we go. And then the networks are now like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. If we don't get our hands on it early, you might pick a sponsor that we don't like, and then we can't, and then we might lose out in the way. Hey, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> it's mm. really fun. This whole conversation yeah, yeah. has been so fun to have with yeah. them because they're just like, they want to wait and see, but at the same time, they don't want to be, they want first yeah. advantage, but they still want control, but I'm not giving them control, but they're not, mm-hmm. but, but <laughs> making them nervous yeah. but in a good way, in a really good way. <laughs> yeah. Like my people are showing up. Well, cause it's, it's redefining the way business has been done and it's scaring oh, yeah. the heck out of them, you know, because they're like, well, wait, we don't have the control anymore. We don't have the power. We're not in the, you know, upper hand position anymore. What do we do? Uh-huh. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, so, I have a C- CEO great. of the network who's doing an interview with me uh, for my TV show 101 class. And I was like, and, and he's like, I love this idea. It's awesome. And he's completely all in, which is great. Right. And yeah. I'm like, he's the first one. And then there's more. Once once I had him, like more and more people were like, wait, this might work. I'm like, well, yes, it will work. That's my whole point. <laughs> yeah. It will work. <laughs> you just have to say yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> How did you come up with the whole um, crowdfunding for the reality show thing? Like, well, I started you... with my own show. I started. Uh, okay. So I did Real Deal, and for a year, I did it traditionally. I wrote it up. I pitched it. I I didn't realize that I was actually bypassing a lot of gatekeepers because I wasn't pitching production companies. I was actually pitching networks, and I would get meetings with any of the networks. So. I would be directly pitching the networks, and, and they kept saying, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's social TV. What is that? I don't get it. And I, I just finally was like, ah, and I had already gotten all of the sponsors, that whole long list of sponsors. Um, I had over 500 of the independent affiliate television stations already identified and already approved, and um, I had like five VPs of original programming for real deal. And I just said, you know what? I need to scratch my own itch. There is no platform for me to prove that I'm right. And, mm. and that is something about me. I have this thing about being right. So I like to <laughs> prove it. Because I got a vision, right? It's like, I say it's not my design. It's divine design, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just executing yeah. on plan. That's all. Yeah. So, you know, that's why it's not written down plan, but it is a plan. And, uh, and so I, I executed it, and we did... Uh, I installed WordPress on December 6th. We launched into beta on December 16th, and we had our first pilot funded by December 24th, so eight days. Then we launched Wake Up in January, and we had $109,000 funded. We shot five episodes in early March, and we had it on broadcast television in May. Wow. And that's is that 2015? Yeah. We just did wow. it. Wow. Right. Oh, wow. So we're less than six months old, or we're six months old. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, a, it's a really big deal because, you know, everything is moving more quickly. Just like you've got rapid application development, it used to be 18 months to get a new piece of software out. And, and now it's like constantly evolving betas and pushing into production and, you know, live development, all these things. Everything's super fast and rapid, and it's all about first to market. So I said, great, we're going to get first mover advantage. Go. <laughs> we're nice. going to do it. Right. Yeah. And then we have uh, we have an upgrade to the site coming. We have version two of the software coming. Um, it's it's all awesome, and it's work. You know, it's going to be amazing, and it's just going to get better and better and better. 
And so uh, that was Wake Up that we just did. The McKay Effect, we designed their show. Uh, it took about 12 hours. That was like a VIP day. They came and met us in Vegas. And then uh, they did pre-production for a week, and then they shot for two weeks, and they have five episodes, and they are the most kick-ass killer, most specifically targeted, highly penetratable uh, messages. It's, it's like so perfect that they're already getting courted. Uh-huh. And, and we just released the sizzle like four days ago. <laughs> That's wow. awesome. That's awesome. It's really, really awesome. So, it, you know, it, things can move much more quickly, and, and it does have that first mover advantage where people are like, wait, I don't want to get left out. I don't want to miss this because this could be really mm-hmm. big. And yeah, like I want to be a part of it. I'm like all excited about it. Like, what can I do? <laughs> well, come up with a show. It's really awesome. The, show, the shows are awesome. And, you know, and we do have a little corner for scripted because I wrote a book called Spotting the Kooks. It was after my first book, Every Single Girl's Guide to Her Future Husband's Last Divorce. And that was a mm-hmm. legal and finance guide. Spotting the Kooks was more romantic advice based on the fact that once people were engaged, they were less likely to get unengaged, even if they were proven that this was the wrong person to marry. So I had to get them before they started dating the wrong person. So I went back to relationships. And then my life is a brazen hussy. I am now a reformed brazen hussy because I'm a parent, so I am reformed. But I was a brazen hussy. And let me tell you, I have so many crazy stories. And they're really actually very funny. And so we are in talks right now with a social influencer who's got 9.3 million followers, who's really funny, uh, to have her play me. And so we're going to put that up on the, the platform as well, even though it's scripted and the platform's called Crowded Reality, and it's not reality or a talk show. But like, no, no, we're just going to turn everything on its head. We're going to do features as well. Um, just a lot of different pieces of it. But the whole point is that it's all fan-backed. We'll be right back. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Whether you are in business for yourself and you're a startup or you're a big company and you've been around for a while or if you're just an individual that needs a website, you have probably already learned it can be pretty crazy and stressful to make a website that meets the demands of today's consumer. From hard-to-use site builders to expensive web developer costs, here at For the King, our basic custom web design and hosting starts at just $37. You heard us right, a fully custom site for $37. Head to our website at www.fortheking.co. Once again, that's www.fortheking.co. And we're back on the record. 
so when you were first going after sponsors, um, what was, how'd you sell them? What was your, what was your spiel? Have you met me? <laughs> <laughs> well, through the phone line here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm kind of funny. And you're kind of and hard engagement. to say no to, I would imagine. You I'm, I'm kind of hard to say no to. Is That's basically the way that this works, is I'm kind of hard to say no to. Um, I, you know, and I have a background. I used to break into banks for a living when online banking first started. So I've been at the bleeding edge of technology for a long time. Like, I, for real, I you used to play breaking the banks? For, for real, my job was breaking into banks, yeah. I did software testing and penetration studies as well as building oh, wow. testing hard, harnesses to to test artificial intelligence applications. So, yeah. Wow. Now, how did you fun. get involved with that? Uh, um, like, do you have, like, I was, you know, hacker I was an actor. You know, training? I have, uh -huh. yeah, I, yes, yes. Actually, my fan club in the Eastern Bloc, the 14-year-olds were my tutors. It was awesome. I, uh, nice. you know, leveraged that. But I had a, I, I auditioned for a topless news show to be a topless newscaster. That's the thing. <laughs> And I met a guy, and he he was like, you know, why don't I teach you how to do this quality assurance stuff? Because then you can make a lot of money. Because I was just an actress making, you know, not very much money. And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. So he teaches me these the software testing stuff, and the and the software itself is you know three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So and getting a certification is like ten grand. So then he got me uh, a gig at his work where he worked. So I moved down to Southern California. Did that for three months, mastered that software, got another gig, doubled my salary, got another gig. Then they sent me to not only that software certification, but another software certification. I now had two certifications. And then the next gig that I got, I doubled my salary again. So, you know, by the end, I was, it was awesome. And then I got to do, uh, I got to do work on artificial intelligence and banking applications that I literally got to steal money. That was like my best, <laughs> most fun job ever. Because my bonus was based on how much I could steal. It was awesome. That's awesome. I it, all. it was awesome. Nice. I, that's, I should make a movie about it because it really was fun. I was and just going to really say there's about, a TV show right there. <laughs> it's a total TV show, right? Because I was just such a, you know, I was a girly girl, not a geek. And, and so they didn't see me coming. You know, the developers were all geeky geeks. And, you know, here I am looking like, because I'm, I'm a movie producer at the time, right? Like, I'm producing films at the Talkhead. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I look like a movie star. And then, I'm, and then I'm hacking every day. It's awesome. <laughs> so fun. So fun. Nice. Producer by day, yeah. hacker by night, or other way around. Exactly. Hacker by day, producer by night. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But the, but the, 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 so I love technology, and I love where we're going, and, you know, what's interesting is we've seen this shift. It used to be that television was the redheaded stepchild and the movie stars were the big stars. And, and we're mm -hmm. seeing this shift because the, the people who are consuming the content, like my kid and, and the millennials, they, they honestly, they watched movies on TV, right? HBO changed everything because they could watch feature films on their television mm -hmm. sets. And televisions were yeah. not that big. Now they're watching content from everywhere, anywhere, all over the globe on their mobile phones in varying lengths from, you know, six-second vines all the way to two-hour films. And, you know, and things are being released in such a way that you cannot stop them. You know, mm -hmm. it was very interesting to me in 2006, I was at Cannes, and uh, the movie America from Freedom to Fascism was huge. I mean, huge. 
billboards mm-hmm. everywhere. Huge. Aaron Russo, who did Trading Places, big-time Hollywood producer, he did this whole thing about money, basically. It was the money system. Yeah, it was a great movie. Taxes. It's a great movie. Um, yeah. And, and he mysteriously died of cancer later, which yeah, I didn't know right? he had cancer. And I, was, right? I, he was, I even was like, I mean, it nev- he never said anything about having cancer. And then all of a sudden he mysteriously died of cancer, like quickly, rapidly. I mean, like within yeah, days. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, hmm, Aaron, <laughs> I just don't think that that was exactly right. Because like, yeah. he didn't know you died of cancer until you were dead. Exactly. Right? Like, it's not like you made a statement and said, I have cancer. (laughs) So it was was very strange. And, and, but it was, there was a media blackout here, but the internet was still not the internet, not like it truly is. I mean, I had a T1 um, and I had a, you know, the fastest DSL line, but it's still not the same thing as today where everyone is connected on their mobile device. Um, You know, I went to to Sundance and I had a, a Palm and I could check the you know I could check flight times arrival times and and I had an iPod video so I could actually when I met people I could actually show them our trailers of our films in my pocket uh, nice and so I had yeah. an iPad video or iPod video way back when all these things now it all you know I have an iPhone six plus I can do pretty much anything heck I can do PowerPoint presentations off of it yeah it's you can even crazy. film with it I oh my God clearly somebody won Sundance filmed on an iPhone. Uh, my yeah. friend actually shot the very first feature film uh, nominated for Best Song for an Oscar called Olive uh, on a mobile phone. The very first feature film shot on a mobile phone. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, there's, there's always a what's next. And when you're looking at where you are in the industry, you know, I've, I was very fortunate to have access to people who were saying, look, you know, we have the, the ability, all the the networks are sending things out at HD. They're all digital. It's all HD. But they're not going 4K yet. You still have to stream your 4K. However, Samsung, LG, and all the other manufacturers want to sell these 4K TVs. But if you're only airing things in HD, then a 4K TV makes no difference. So then why are people going to upgrade their HDs to their 4K TVs? So we really need 4K content. That's the next thing. Not only are you future-proofing your content, you're getting early acquisition. Like, we're about to sell to China. China would not be interested in us. The only reason they're interested in us is because it's in 4K. Mm -hmm. So you have a global audience, global opportunity, and big manufacturers willing to support it. So shooting in 4K is a benefit. But you have to know all these little facets about what it is you're doing and where you can monetize and where you can pull that money in. That's the key. Talk a little bit about that. How do you find out where the money is and how do you pull that in? Relationships. You talk to people. Yeah. People tell me everything. It's the craziest thing. Like, <laughs> I just, like, like, I knew that there was a super secret rocket launch on my kid's birthday. We were going to be in Florida anyway. And I didn't say anything just in case they had to scrap it because we had tickets to a, a shuttle launch and then they scrapped the launch. And my former husband was just so disappointed. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, honey. So I didn't say anything. But, you know, super secret shuttle launch or rocket launch. It was an Atlas rocket. And, um, and it had a, a, a space plane classified project. It also had a project that Carl Sagan had pitched 39 years ago. Uh, a wow. light sail, which was a solar sail project. And they, were, they did the experimental prototype 
small-scale prototype that was launched, and they're going to put that up there. And if it works, then they're going to do a full-scale next year with a full test. Um, and a couple other things. But, but, you know, people just tell me stuff. <laughs> Sometimes they don't tell me what it is. They just go, you should really be in this city at this time. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I have no wow. idea why. I'll find out right before. They do the same thing to me. They're like, you need to be in San Francisco and, um, and just be in San Francisco. I'm like, why? Turns out we launched Garth Brooks on social media. That was fun. Wow. But, you know, I don't, they don't tell me necessarily. Not always. Yeah. Sometimes they do tell me and they put it in the vault. I have to be a vault. So I know a lot of things <laughs> that are coming up, which is why yeah. when we're planning certain things, you know, and, and especially with our platform and the way that they're looking at everything, you know, they used to give people money to make pilots or sizzles. You know, they used to give them 10000 to do a sizzle. Now they're not even, they don't even really want to do that. So they really like the idea of crowded reality because all of these ideas and these concepts can raise the money to make their sizzle without the network having to pay for it. Hmm. Yeah. They, they like, they like all that. Because if the fans really like it, they'll back it. And then they'll go, oh. And, you know, we're always hoping for the next Reading Rainbow. That was awesome, by the way. It was just totally yeah. awesome. Right? Like, I wish they'd done Reading Rainbow on my platform. So what's somebody do if they, if they have a show and they want to bring it to you? Uh, well, they can either post it on Crowded Reality. They could take my class. Okay. They could, you know, send me a, a quickie pitch on, on uh, Facebook just to see if it's even something that I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. You know, but, but I don't read scripts. I don't. It's just, oh, my God. I probably get 100 mm. scripts a day now. I'm like, no, not, not, oh, oh, I closed that. I closed the reading department. So now <laughs> it's really, you know, you got to be able to hook me in 30 seconds because that's really what it's about, right? And mm -hmm. I will say the number one thing is attach your talent, like lock up your talent because the first show that I did in television was Honky Tonk in USA, and we're still doing this show, but we pitched it, and it got stolen, just like mm many other shows and that's a very normal thing to happen you know if you pitch everybody somebody's going to steal your show so yeah. they did it but they did it without katie well without katie it's not a show it's boring and it was boring and it was just a terrible idea but with katie <laughs> it's like awesome like yeah. she is the show right and that's yeah. the whole that's the whole difference and that's the whole point so lock up your talent um if you're the talent you don't really have to worry about it because it's all you how does crowded reality compare to like some music sites like uh, Pledge Music and Indiegogo and stuff like that? Well, it's the same idea. Uh, it's four percent for crowdfunding, and then if you get enough social currency and you start to show that you have a decent fan backing, and we can pull a demographic profile that's going to be attract advertisers, sponsors, and distribution, then we'll sign you to an agency agreement. So we're not even doing a distribution agreement; we're doing an agency agreement. Um, and we charge 30%, but we do all the work. And that way, if you ever want to get out of it, you just pay the commission due and you're out. So right now we're mm. trying to negotiate um, an exit for three of the shows that want to come onto the platform, but they have these hardcore distribution contracts. Those distributors, aren't they don't even have their stuff up on the website as saying that that show is available. So mm. they're not marketing it. They're not actively doing it, but they're holding the rights and they've got them on the shelf. And I'm like, mm. that's, a, that's a breach. You're not actively marketing them. Yeah. And we want to do season two. So there. 
What are you finding are some good sources or, or ways to market nowadays, being that everybody's kind of getting bombarded with stuff? Um, you know, what, what kind of, how do you go after your marketing online or whatever? Word of mouth. Word of mouth. Yeah. There's, there is nothing that can substitute for going viral. There's just nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've got to have such a great idea. Um, and be able to, you know, think about it this way, like, like, okay, I don't know if you saw it, uh, Shia LaBeouf, he did that motivation video, and he did it on a green screen, and released it on a green screen. There are thousands of iterations of it now, because it was like, here, here's some raw material, go make something funny. Crazy business, right? So... You could do that. There's so many things you could do. And and really, you know, that whole adage of there's no bad publicity, well, set it up so that they couldn't really do anything too bad, but make it funny, right? Be, be willing to be made fun of because that's, that's how it goes, you know. So be entertaining. That's a big key. Yeah. yeah. So is Crowded Reality the only, the only thing you're doing right now, or what, what other hats are you wearing at the moment? Well, I'm producing a bunch of shows. I'm mm -hmm. producing the Curvy Girl Lingerie sto uh, show that's called Crystal's Palace, Fab Lab. I'm producing a, a medical marijuana cooking show. <laughs> producing a stand-up comedy showdown. Um, there's just a, and then my Spotting the Kook sitcom. So I have, a, you know, I have my producer hat on pretty fully, but for every single project, I bring on a producer or two takes most of the load and then I just take that studio oversight role. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. My theme for the year is say yes to success. And guess what? Our annual International Conference and Business Expo that's coming up August 6th through the 9th, we're going to have not only a wonderful lineup of speakers and thought leaders like CNN's Soledad O'Brien or Matthew Knowles, the famous father of the famous Beyonce, and Gene Smart from Designing Women, but this year you are going to be part of the experience. This is one of, if not the only conference that will balance your experience between learning from the wisdom of great speakers to hands-on living it through laser coaching, journaling, and interacting and sharing with other conference attendees. Oh yeah, and we have the best party in town on Saturday night, dancing till you drop to one of the best bands in Dallas. Visit eWomenNetwork.com for details and how you can be part of this life-changing experience as you embrace your yes to success. Beautiful job, eWomen. Do you like to travel? Would you like to travel more frequently? How about even having your own personal travel agent, including having 24-7 access to a very user-friendly website to book your travel as well? Look no further than Discount Travel Vacation. Robert Hernandez Jr. is a certified travel consultant and can help you with any of your travel needs. Anything from travel transportation by air, train, or car through well-known companies you have probably used at some time in your life. Also, pages and pages of hotels to choose from that you would normally stay at. The differences in booking your travel with Discount Travel Vacation is the one-on-one -on -one care you get from having your own personal travel agent to the very engaging website to book your travel through. 
to the many discounts you will have access to. There are also lots of other travel options to choose from, such as vacation packages and cruises. Do not delay. Check out his site today, discounttravel.paycation.com. And we're back on the record. So is your life pretty busy? And you said you now have a child. Um, oh, I have a 12-year-old. Oh, boy. That's even worse, right? Um, yeah. How do you maintain balance in your life between juggling career and family and friends and self-care and all that kind of stuff? Self-care? What's that? I, I hear about it, but it's like a mythical unicorn, <laughs> a mythical rainbow unicorn. I just don't know about that. Uh, check that um, one off the list. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't do that. Um, I don't date. <laughs> Uh, I should. It would be great. It would be a distraction because, you know, I'm, I, I'm a celibate nymphomaniac, so somebody's going to have fun with that. But it, I told you I used to be a brazen hussy. So it's, uh, it's an interesting thing. I just don't have time, right? So I'm very focused. And um, my mom actually uh, moved up to live with me about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago. Uh, I have my 12-year-old son who's ADD Asperger's and homeschooled. So, oh, wow. I, you know, I don't really feel very marketable. Like, so I, I, take, I take care of my family and I take <laughs> care of work. Um, and, then, and then someday I hope to date again. That would be great. That would be awesome. Nice. <laughs> and then I work all and the time. And maybe get some self-care in there. <laughs> self-care, again, mythical. Like, I, no, you know what's funny is I used to uh, – in my old job, when I'd get a really big deal closed, I would take my assistant and we'd go for a day of beauty at the spa. Nice. And, you know, and be like, eight hours of spa treatment. This is pretty awesome. You know, you'd leave just puddled. You'd be putting yeah. so mellow <laughs> at the end, right? And then I'd go right back into my environment and, like, tense right back up. So <laughs> interesting. So I live in a constant state of, you know, 500 miles an hour, but it's pretty darn steady. Yeah. yeah, there's not a lot of hiccups in the road, and and I don't have to make a lot of pit stops. I do. It's funny because I have friends who are like, I think you need a break, and like one of my friends, he's married, so he's not a romantic person, but he he'll literally come <laughs> over, and I have I get I get to make no decisions for the entire day, none, none nice. whatsoever. Like I get picked up, and I and I'm told like what to wear: long sleeve, short sleeve, pants, shorts, whatever, um, and and that's pretty much it. And like. You know, and, and that's it. And then we go out, and for the entire day, I have, I don't have to think. It's really relaxing, believe it or not. It's like the greatest yeah. thing ever. I was like, wow. And it's because he's competent, so all of the choices that he makes are great. <laughs> it's just and you easy. don't find yourself, like, having, like, little monkey mind going on, like, oh, wait, i got to do that. I'll make mental note on this, and, oh, you know. No, I'm or not you allowed. just totally, you're in the moment. Okay, cool. <laughs> no, no, no. Nice. It's the... Yeah, I just because I'm having so much fun and I'm laughing the whole time and I'm relaxed yeah. and enjoying myself and I'm present. So that's my only yeah. job that entire day is just to be present. Nice, that's right. awesome. It's great, but not in charge. Present, but not in charge. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. We need to. We need a camp. We need like a, a sleepaway camp for Type A women. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it would be awesome. We could charge a fortune be- for it. It'd be like super structured and, you know, <laughs> no, no. activities. No, no, lots of, lots of surprises. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's to take you out of that have to be in control mode into yeah. just, you know, go with the flow and be present in each moment. Yeah. 
it's yeah. such a hard thing to do. You know, there's a lot of trust involved in that, right? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like, how far away are we going? And, you know, did you make the rest restaurant reservation? And do they know that I'm allergic to, you know, this particular food? And I can't stand in line that long. So, like, all these things that I would normally, like, be stressing over, they're just handled. Oh, my just God. Handled. Yeah. Just done. Handled. A... I'm like, <sighs> That's another TV show right there, I think, you know? <laughs> oh, oh, yes. My neuroticism? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to well, totally the whole camp thing. The, the camp. You could do the oh, camp thing. Yeah, the camp for all these, you know, type A women. That would be just, that would be highly entertaining There's for sure. There's a reality show. Yeah, because you'd have high-powered yeah. women and they'd have to learn how to relax. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> every high-powered woman I know would be like, that sounds like a dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. There we go. Well, so, yeah, there's the secret to entertainment is focus. <laughs> yeah. All in. You just got to be yeah. all in, and that's and you know how committed are you? And at the time when I first got into the industry, um, I dated someone in the industry, so you know he wasn't big in the industry, but he understood the industry. He's the one who read the Hollywood Reporter and the Daily Variety and knew every single person, and literally like if they were named to a new job that day, he knew, and he whispered in my ear, and I'd be like, "Oh my god, <laughs> congratulations!" Like everybody thought I was the most up to date person. I have no idea, right? None. I, it is not my zone of genius. I am not the relationship person. I have no clue. I honestly, that's just, I need a wife. So he was like the wife, right? Nice. So, yeah. So if you're a woman in entertainment, you need an assistant who's a lot like a wife. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and don't, you know, don't, just, yeah, just get an assistant, get an executive assistant that's like the wife. You gotta do. <laughs> They'll remember nice. the cards, the thank you cards, the anniversary yeah. cards, all that. Yeah, They'll know right. all that. They'll get it all done. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. Reminds me of uh, in the the Devil Wears Prada with Meryl Streep, and she goes to that big event, and her two assistants are there, and they're whispering in her ear, and like this person is so and so, and it's that is exactly up, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. awesome. And I'm, keep in mind, I'm in a cast, and I carry an executive sports seat that I had, I had it bedazzled because nice. I couldn't stand, right? <laughs> so I'm in formal evening gowns. I'm at these events, and I've got a I, – I literally carry around my own throne because I sit. So I'm sitting wherever I am. Everybody else is standing. I'm sitting. Nice. So, Were you wearing a tiara I mean, I, too? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't quite go that far, but I could have. I totally could have, um, you know. But it was funny. It was nice. a conversation piece, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They'd always, they'd always comment on my, my one shoe. I'd have one shoe and one cast, and, and the <laughs> one shoe couldn't be too high because I had to be the same height as the cast. Yeah. <laughs> so it was very particular to find footwear that would actually work that I could function in. It was very crazy. So Nice. Yeah. yeah. So awesome. Now I like six-inch heels. They're awesome. I like to oh, look at them. Oh, my God. I don't get to wear them, but I like to look at them. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> against my religion. minutes at a time. <laughs> That's all I get. <laughs> Maybe 20 if I got some sitting down time in between that I can get, like, from the car to the event, sit down, from my seat at the event to the bathroom a couple of times, and then back to the car, and there we go. That's nice, yeah. I, yeah. Then I sometimes have to take them off to get back to the car. That happened last time. I'm like, I <laughs> used my whole 20 minutes. Damn. Exactly, yeah. Went bare, barefoot. <laughs> Do you have any final words of wisdom you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, if you believe in yourself, 
passionately and you have that certainty, there's nothing that can stop you. So just uh, focus on the positives. Focus on moving forward. Um, a long time ago, a, a woman that I respect was like, you know, I, you have a very weird, different weird, awesome perspective on life. You, you walk through life believing that everyone likes you, and if they don't, you don't notice. And that has helped me, I think, tremendously in this industry because the people who don't like me, number one, I don't notice, but I don't focus on them. I don't, I don't keep them front and center of my mind, and I don't obsess over it. I focus on the people that do like me, the people that are in line with my values, that are going to move whatever it is that I'm doing forward. And I just focus on that movement, and it really helps because you, you got to cut out the noise. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my perspective on life is if you want to succeed, you need to focus on it, – it, it is true. What you focus on expands. It's the same thing about mm-hmm. when you buy the car that you never saw yep. before and then everybody's yep. driving your car and you wonder how they mm-hmm. all came up with the same idea at the same time. <laughs> it was already there. You just hadn't decided yep. to focus on it yet. Now you're in love yep. with the car. You see it everywhere. It's the same thing with success. It's the same mm-hmm. thing with open doors, okay? You yeah. walk through life noticing those open doors, focusing on those open doors, and not in a desperate measure, but really looking at it like where, where you see opportunity and, and focusing on that side of every conversation. And it's not about yes or no. It's not black and white. It's like, how, and how can I serve? How can I, who can I introduce you to? You come at it like that, and it just flourishes. Everybody comes back to you that way. Well, folks, that wraps up another episode of On the Record. Tune in next week. I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. One of my mottos for business owners is, you can't do it alone. Whether you're in the startup stage of your business or you're scaling, you can't grow without relationships to provide support, wisdom, and new customers. eWomen Network is your home to connect with other women entrepreneurs who've been where you are or are experiencing the same challenges. 
We have chapters across the U.S. and Canada that have monthly events featuring our trademarked process called Accelerated Networking to ensure you get the contacts, resources, and leads you need to grow your business. And once you become a member, you get many benefits, including two one-on-one coaching sessions, unlimited access to our membership database, your own personal profile page, and discounts on products and services with our business partners, such as UPS and American Express Open. Join the eWomen Network community and let us help you live your dream. For details, visit eWomenNetwork.com.